Hello, you're listening to Retrospection Radio Live. I was just about to say Retrospection Radio Theater. That's a whole other different thing. We are live every single Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I have a different guest on every single time. I'm Noah Martin, your ever-present host of Retrospection Radio, and I am very, very excited to introduce tonight Michael Overly. So, Michael um, reached out to me on Facebook, and we had a little chat on there for a little bit about men's mental health. And so this episode is going to cover mental health and animals. Sweet, yeah. Uh, Are you a huge fan of hiking, going for walks, running? Um, I only run if I'm out of bullets. Um, Love hiking. Um, I'm in northern Colorado, and I'm right now at the foothills, so I get plenty of hiking in. Uh, snowshoeing in the winter time, um, bigger treks during the summertime, camping. Yeah, gotta be outside. So, um, tonight we're going to talk about uh, some heavy issues. Um, and you were mentioning a little bit before we got started here that uh, this mental health stuff started to impact you within the past five years so i just want to know um before everything that happened five years ago what kind of person were you Mm, great question but i'll back up even further so the mental health stuff started impacting me when i since the time i was a kid um it was my inability to deal with whatever that led to um me being a pretty darn angry guy. I mean, just uh, unbridled rage under the surface. And I didn't, uh, I didn't see it though. I couldn't, I didn't realize, I didn't know it. I thought I was making bad choices for myself and, and making life hard on myself. Um, you know, a bad marriage, becoming an alcoholic, um, getting fired from jobs, you know, it was not, not quite the party I had in, envisioned <laughs> when I was in my twenties. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff led up to, um, to not being very happy for a very long time. Um, yeah. And then five years ago, everything changed. I, I can empathize a little bit with that. Um, I grew up with anger issues and, you know, I, I wouldn't say I've had the worst life and I, I wouldn't say I've had a, uh, a very difficult life, but I've dealt a lot with depression and anger and it's something that means a lot to me when it comes to anger and depression um how how did that impact you at that stage in your life uh for instance whenever i got angry uh i would leave the room and get myself out of the situation because i was always afraid of what i might end up doing um and i've never hurt anyone i never wanted to hurt anyone uh but there was definitely times where i've broken shares um i've hurt my hands i i used to just 
leave and run until there was nothing left. Um, and, and I'm just curious, what were some of the ways that you dealt with that uh, as your younger self? Yeah. Oh, that was a great question. I, um, I was physical. Um, and I would punch holes in doors and walls and, um, I would smash things and I, I never knew how to appropriately express myself. Right. Um, I could only do it through this physicality and being destructive. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big guy and I would, I would, you know, get my ego going and, and, uh, try and take on the big guy. Um, and I was always trying to prove myself to, to my buddies, like in high school, college, all that kind of stuff. I, I was a daredevil, would do the most ridiculous things for attention. But I did not know how to rein it in when it, when it started to come out and I would be destructive. That's, that's sad to hear. I think there's a lot of people out there who are really lost. Um, I'm curious your opinions on this, uh, but growing up and from the people I've met and the people I've seen, there's always been... Men seem to have a struggle with being able to show emotions that don't hurt them. Um, I'm at the point in life where there's a lot of change happening. I'm getting ready to graduate college. Um, but I've recently lost a friend over the past month. Um, I've had another friend who's had trouble um, with suicide attempts. And then a lot of my friends and I, going into the new year, experienced strong depressions. And it was really bad this year for a lot of us. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, we're we're at the stage of life where most of us can't actually afford uh, therapy for a lot of things because we just don't have the disposable income. So therapy gets pushed to the side and then you end up living and brewing and stewing with all of those awful, terrible things that are happening. Depression, suicidal thoughts, um, self-harm or anger issues or, you know, body dysmorphia and image issues. Um, so I'm curious if you just happen to know um, or if you've had the same experience with friends struggling with this issue. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, a generation and a half past you already. So <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'll be 54 this year. And I've, I know people older than me and younger than me that are absolutely struggling. Um, yeah. I've got buddies who are ex-military who they think that they just want to re-enlist and go kill some more because they don't know how to deal with their feelings. Uh, um, it's oh, it's sad, you know. Yeah. Oh, I should have died. I should have died with my guys. I'm like, oh my god, no. Obviously, you weren't supposed to because you're still here. Yeah, but why? they 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 can't get to that point. And you know, I I think that men are raised differently than women. We're not allowed to show our feelings, right? We're told that we're a sissy or we're a wuss or or whatever the case is. We're supposed to bottle it all up, stand up like good little soldiers. Sorry, guys, no disrespect, um, and and get on. 
get up off the ground and get hurt down there. Come on, don't, don't let them see you cry. Don't let them see you hurt. All this stuff, it's just such a load of crap. And you get what we have now. I mean, look look at our culture, our society. Anger is the only acceptable form of expression for men. And look what it's doing. It's mentally unhealthy to just, you know, something bad happens to you. So you decide to take out anger and punch or hit or hurt yourself or, you know, go and exercise to the point of exhaustion. And really what it should be is something bad happens to you and you go, okay, all right, how do I feel better about this? How do I fix it? How do I approach this in a way that doesn't damage me and the people around me? Yeah, I mean, that, that'd be the optimal, right? Um, and, and I still get pissed, but I'm not going to you know, throw tantrums and take it out on everybody, but I can still express myself in a different way, right? I, I can still get mad but without busting shit up or, <laughs> or scaring people, you know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. no good. But I can still express myself. I've just learned to do it differently. You know, am, am I like, you know, Eckhart Tolle and, you know, constantly at peace and just this quiet guy? No. And that's okay. I am moving towards that. It's always a progression. Um, we see things as destinations, you know, with the goals. We're such a goal-oriented society, um, which I don't think helps either. We don't, we don't take progress as part of the journey. Um, and it's, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be depressed. It's, there should, we, we need to remove the stigma from all of this, saying that these things are making you less than your neighbor. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I, I love that. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. My, my partner, Dana, she's got a t-shirt. It says, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and she's fantastic. She's working through her own stuff. Um, won't go into her childhood, but I'm sure as hell glad I didn't have it. Good God. And every, you know, everybody's got their stuff and you can't compare. That's the thing. You know, you can have someone who had a, one large traumatic event. And you had somebody else who had a gajillion smaller traumatic events, yeah. you know, and, and we're, we're not wired the same. We're not freaking Buicks coming off an assembly line. <laughs> so you mentioned five years ago, something happened. What was that event that happened that kind of changed who you were? It was one of the biggest gifts I ever received in my life and also one of the saddest days I've ever had in my life. It was the day my brother died, my older brother. And so, if you don't mind me asking, let me know if at any point I press too far. Um, but what ended up happening to lead to that? He was born with um, a bad heart. Um, won't get all technical, but he had had multiple open heart surgeries. Um, the one he had at 18, right after high school, put him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Oh. Um, he was looking at another open heart surgery. I and mean, this, this guy, he had, God, he'd been through so much and bullied and ridiculed and picked on. And, um, and he was still the most beautiful man I'd ever known. He was just this sweet guy. Um, yeah, he was, in that way, he was, he was totally my hero. So he was um, waiting a, for the next heart surgery. And, they, you know, they get, oh, yeah, it's, yeah we're, it's looking okay. It's looking okay. Anyway, my opinion, they probably waited too long. But um, he drove himself to the hospital, and he was gone by the next morning. So that sparked this huge change in me so what happened was 
um, days later, I was sitting at my place back down. This, this was in Longmont, Colorado, and I was living in Colorado Springs, you know, a good two plus hours away. I was back home and all of a sudden I had this really strange feeling. So I sat down and, and my recliner pushed it back and was laying there. Next thing I know, I was, the universe was tearing me up. Um, I was crying, sobbing, writhing in pain. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I was able to release so much stuff, not just from his death. That was like the catalyst for this event. But all these things that I had never dealt with or allowed myself to express or even allow myself to feel because I was told it wasn't right. And that opened me up and I started to see things differently and notice things differently. And then I've been on this incredible journey ever since. So that was a catalyst for change and for bringing about those emotions, which I, I'm sorry that ever happened, but ultimately it sounds like it helped you. Um, it's sad that that was the event that had to happen for that change in your life. Um, but it's good to talk with you and hear how you are now. Um, cause naturally it's okay to still be angry and to feel those emotions. So it's okay to not be okay. Um, but at the end of the day, being able to live with yourself and know yourself and be the person that you want to be and that you're striving to be is a gift in and of itself that a lot of people struggle along the journey. And I, I would love to see a lot more people in this world finally find themselves on that path. So the, the next question I have for you is after all of that happened, um, well, after that moment on the couch, what happened to you? How did your life start to change from that point? Well, I witnessed my dog just doing amazing things. And I, he actually, I didn't know it at the time, but he was giving me basically energy healing. And I, I didn't know what to, what to think of the sensation or what it was. And I thought maybe, you know, I, I was in a vulnerable position and I just felt his love. But it was more than that. It was, it was something quite fantastic. Um, I went on this incredible journey studying energy healing and uh, I studied, I don't, you know, I can't remember how many modalities trained in all these different things because I was voracious. I knew, I knew there was something different. I knew there was a different way to be. And I knew that, um, the way I was living was not good and I needed to help heal myself and continue to work on getting rid of all the stuff that was, um, keep me in this position of being pissed off and angry all the time. So I started training and, and you know, five years later, several different modalities later, um, I'm doing my own thing now and I'm, I'm working with, with, uh, with other guys and their dogs to, to help them open up. But the dog is the key. The dog is the key to this whole thing. So what is energy healing? Haha. <laughs> That's a great question. Tough to describe. Um, how many hours do we have? <laughs> uh, roughly 13 minutes. Okay. So, <laughs> um, 
let, let's let's jump back to something people probably know a little more about quantum physics, right? We know that everything everywhere is energy in its form, right? Different forms. So energy is everywhere. Energy is everything. What if we learned how to open ourselves up in ways that we had blocked ourselves off from? Like what if what if kids came into the world already already knowing how to do some of these things? Um, but as we, we get older, we get adulted, we forget that we have certain potentials, abilities. And, and anybody can do this. It's it's not like something you're you're born into and you know you gotta be knighted or kinged for it. But energy is just a potential. Um, a lot of modalities will say that, that you can do this, this, or that, or that. Uh, as, I, as far as I can tell, all, all I can do is open someone up to a potential to allow them to reconnect with something more powerful than themselves. All right. So how does that apply to a relationship between a man and his dog? Oh, it applies to any relationship. Okay, let, let's, um, let's back up just a second. Let's say good-looking guy sees good-looking girl. They make eye contact. What is that? There's a, you, get a, you get a flutter in your chest. There's a sensation. There's energy right there. There's an exchange of energy, right? You don't have to physically feel it like when you do with a hug or something even more intimate, but there's an exchange of energy. What about when a guy looks at another guy and there's this challenge like, hey, what are you looking at, <laughs> right? There's energy. So we're, we're constantly using it, but we just don't realize it. So with the man and the dog, you've got angry man, a bad day at work, comes home, sits down with his dog, and within seconds, heart rate drops. And this is scientifically proven. This is not me. Heart rate drops. Cortisol levels drop. Respiratory rate drops. What do you think's going on? My guess would be just seeing something fluffy and cute next to you that is happy to see you alleviates some of that stress from your mind. Okay. So, what do you think? Just looking at a picture of a puppy would do the same thing? It could. I think that there's a nonverbal communication, a uh, unspoken bond between the person and the animal, and that one can sense when the other one is not feeling or not feeling what they normally would be, um, which in my mind converts to nonverbal communication because of my communications background um, in the way of you read the facial expressions and I suppose energy or aura radiating from that person um, like you can tell when somebody feels angry uh, or at least some people can some people are empathic and can actually walk into a room look at a person and immediately see in their eyes that they're just not right some people don't have those skills or haven't developed them um, so that, that is my best understanding of a situation like that. Yeah. Well, and again, that, that's, that's all energy, right? It's, it's just another way of sensing. So, yeah, I can, I can walk into a room and go, oh, man, I may not want to stay long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, again, everybody has the ability, has the potential. We just, we just bury it. We cover it up with stuff. 
but the, the immediate physiological response that the man feels, you know, going and hanging out with his dog, um, there's something bigger, deeper there, right? There's, there's complete acceptance of that human by that animal, right? They don't give a crap what you're wearing, what you drive, how big your house is, what neighborhood you're in, none of that stuff, right? They've made a commitment to be with you. So how has that impacted or how did that begin to develop that understanding of, I suppose, the love that you shared between you and your dog um, after that moment on the couch and he kind of sent over that energy to you? How did you begin to change your life from there? Um, I, I think it was because I, I realized and noticed and felt something I had never felt before and that helped me see that I was not allowing that to be in my life, right? I was keeping all these people out at arm's length, at distance, and um, I'm like, okay, how do I get more of this? I want more of this feeling in my life, and I know I can't just get it from my dog, right? I can always get it from my dog, but he's not always going to be around, so how do I start to do this for myself? Um, so that was part of the journey. And it wasn't just the energy healing. I mean, God, I've, I don't, I've read hundreds of books, hundreds of books in the last five years on all kinds of things. When it comes to other people and their animals and their pets, specifically men, are there any situations that you've ended up approaching with, with friends or families or clients or however? Um, have there been any situations where the animal has not been able to help? Um, only when the human won't, won't go there. I mean, literally. So if, if the person is not willing, that, that's it. Game over. You know, they're not going to get past where they're at. So you need to feel a want for change before change will happen. I think so. I mean, you know, I think before the event of my brother's passing, um, I knew I, I was on a, on a much slower journey because <laughs> I'd, I'd left a bad marriage. I, I'd, and I'd made that decision, I, but I wasn't making any great strides. That's for sure. I was still angry, still pissed. Um, you know, I was carrying a gun half the time. I was just, I was, I was ready to pot. And, uh, but I, I knew I wanted something else. I had no idea how to get it. And that's another thing with, with a lot of guys, the way we're raised is we're supposed to be completely self-sufficient, not ask for help, not, not reach out to anybody for anything. That's crazy. Um, and that's, it's a detriment that doesn't make us stronger. So for men out there, uh, because a primary amount of retrospections audience is men ages 25 to 34, 32, somewhere in that range is is our listener base um i believe we're 63 percent male and this is something that is near and dear to my heart how do you have any recommendations to guys out there who want the change but don't know how to start picking up the 
the vibes, I guess would be the word, from their animals, from their pets, or even from the people around them. How does someone go about using the love and care of a pet to make that first initial step? Mm. Well, you just touched on something right there. So a lot of of these guys have such a strong and deep relationships with these dogs. And they, you know, that dog gets the best, the best leash, the best bowl, the best food, the best this, you know, they do all these things that they're really trying to take care of the dog. You know, are they taking that good a care of themselves? Are they exercising enough? Are they eating well? Are they they doing things that, that make them feel good and happy? You know, are you just sitting around or are you actually getting that dog out for a nice, cool walk? Are you going the same place every time? Are you going different places? Are you allowing yourself to see new things? So, yeah, the dog the dog will take you wherever you need to go. <laughs> so, I, I guess to refine the question a little bit um, and narrow it down, let's say I'm a guy who is working a dead-end job. I feel like I'm not making it in life. Maybe I'm successful. Maybe I have a girlfriend. Maybe I have a wife. Maybe I have kids. Maybe I have none of that. Um But I just, at the end of the day, I come home and I just see, I just feel disappointment. What is one of the first steps I could do to help myself? Get up off the dang couch, grab the leash, take your dog out for a walk, go stare at a tree and ask yourself one important question. What is that question? Am I happy? Right? Am I happy? I mean, if we're we're doing work we love, we're going to be happier. If we're doing the things we love, we're going to be happier, right? It's not, it doesn't come down to the house and the car and all the stuff that you can buy. We've defined success in such a strange way, Um, which I I understand because I was there, right? But if we could redefine success to mean that I'm happy and and I'm rich that way, that's a really good place to start. Because if you're not happy, then you can say, okay, what would make me happy? Why am I not happy? You got to start digging, though. I mean, your dog digs in the backyard. What are they trying to tell you? So what if your answer to, you know, am I happy is, well, I would be if I had this or that, such as, you know, we'll go with the outrageous thing. Like, I'd be happy if I had a million dollars or if I had a new car. No, you'd still be just as grumpy with a nicer car. <laughs> so how... It's just true. Money money accentuates who you, sh- who you put out to yourself to the world to be. It doesn't change you into a better person because you have more of it. How do you go from when you're introspecting and reflecting on yourself thinking about material possessions that oh this would make me happy to actually making those mental commitments of well you know the the reason i'm happy is because i do podcasting and i really love being able to interview people and tell stories and tell stories that i think don't get told um which is something that makes me happy how does someone make that change from material to I suppose spiritual or mental. Yeah, go think back to when you were when you were five years old. Did you have a favorite toy? Was there a game you liked to play? There's something that we get so busy in all these things and 
doing all this stuff that we forget just this most simple pleasure, the most simple fun. It's, it, can, it can be so grossly simple. It's crazy. Easy? Not necessarily. But simple, yes. So what do you really love that you're not doing anymore? We're just about out of time. Um, but I, I want to say thank you. I really feel like one of the things that's extremely important that if you're listening to this episode and for whatever reason you tuned out everything... The one thing you should know is it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to feel those emotions, to feel where you're at, to be where you're at. As long as you realize you're there and you can start working towards being okay. Absolutely. And I, one more, one thing real quick. Absolutely, yeah. Every, everybody here can make a different choice. We all have choices. We may not like what they they appear as but you can make a different choice tomorrow so you're gonna to have to get uncomfortable at some point um to get through some of this stuff right but um yeah but but it's up to you it's up to you and then then you can say hey i need help with this stuff because i don't know how to get there and then you reach out to someone who can help you so michael if people have those sorts of questions or if they're interested in seeing more from you are there any social media places they can go are there do you have a website do you have something that they'd be able to interact with you and learn more about emotion or energy healing and yeah absolutely um facebook at michael overly um I'm on Instagram at Murden Dog, M-Y-R-D-D-H-I-N-D-O-G. I'm not on there a bunch, but uh, um, website is www.dogsandmen.com. My email is michael at dogsandmen.com. If you have a question, hit me up. I'm not going to try and sell you. I'm not going to pitch you. I'm, I'm just trying to get out there and help some people. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and, you know, having the courage to tell your story um the good parts and the bad parts thank you no i appreciate your time and i love what you're doing you keep it up absolutely thank you very much um, you can join us next week we'll be on wednesday 9 p.m eastern standard time where we're actually going to be talking about some pretty interesting and uh different subjects than what are normally talked about on retrospection radio if you want to learn more about what is happening next week or what's happening next episode, you can follow us at underscore retro radio underscore on Twitter or retrospection radio on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Reddit, Tumblr, anywhere else you want to follow us on. And you will learn a little bit more about this next episode that's coming out. And you can listen to us at www.retrospectionradio.com and catch this episode along with our previous episodes, our radio theater, our historical talk show, and our live shows, and a little bit of articles too, all at www.retrospectionradio.com. And finally, if you like what you hear, uh, please feel free to donate to either Retrospection Radio or Michael Overly and his journey to help men um, and help bring awareness 
to mental health. One last time, thank you so much, Michael, for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So proud to be here. Thank you so much. And hey, you're listening to Retrospection Radio. I'm Noah Martin, your ever-present narrator. I'll catch you next week.